Hey guys, do you have a second to communicate with each other using a combination of words, inflection, and tone? Of course, Mr. Laser Muscles. We always have time to chat with the man who invented penicillin. Yeah, Mr. Laser Muscles. Chatting with you is like driving a beanbag to the foot massage convention. Well said, Brent. (laughs) Thank you, Catherine. That's nice, but I've filed an official complaint against myself, and I recommend immediate termination. Listen here, you crisp, refreshing glass of raspberry lemonade. I'm sure whatever you did is no big deal. Yeah, you chilled glass of raspberry lemonade with droplets of condensation clinging to the side. You're the purest soul in the entire universe. I know, but I totally blew it with last week's intros. That being said, I've gone full ghost protocol, and using the art of espionage and spycraft, I've been able to put together an intro that couldn't possibly be wrong. So go ahead and open up your new permanent scripts, and let's start the show. You are listening to the North American Friends Movie Club. A show where we talk about films, movies, and the cinema. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Kate? Sure thing. I'm Kate, and this week I'd like to introduce you to my new character. Her name is Roast Kate, and she's a tough-talking, street-smart, wise guy who takes no prisoners. Would you guys like to meet her? Sure. And remember, this is Roast Kate, not Normal Kate. So whatever she says is just what the character would say. I'm not responsible for anything that happens next. Okay. Quite the audience we have here tonight. Look at this guy. He looks like uh, he just finished his shift at the fart factory. What's your name, Stinky? Brent. Stinky Brent. Has anyone ever told you you look like... What would happen if Tim Curry had a baby with a potato that rolled to the back of the cupboard? And how about this guy? What's your name? Nate. Handsome Nate. You're all right. I like your face. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. And how about this guy? You already did me. You look like what would happen if two guys from that episode of The Last of Us had a baby with one of the zombie freak monsters. That's accurate, but I also want you to stop. Speaking of heartbreaking depictions of the fertility of human life, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Brent? Thank you, Catherine. I'm Brent, and I'm a punk rock scientist. What's a punk rock scientist? It's like a regular scientist, but we don't follow the rules. Sorry, honey, this ain't your grandpa's science. We don't believe in control groups, collecting data, or washing our hands at the start of a shift. We smoke cigs in the lab, and they have to get a special plastic beakers because we kept smashing the glass ones at the end of our set. Oh yeah, we call shift sets, and we call experiments tracks. My lab coat is made of black denim, and it's covered in safety pins and custom patches like a cartoon of Albert Einstein pissing on a calculator, and a portrait of Marie Curie, but her hand is a skeleton. If it's okay with you two, I'd like to perform a song. I don't really think we have time. Hey, Dad! I've got some science here for you! Okay, and I'm Nate. Let's start the show.
this is what it sounds like when we're doing a podcast. We're currently doing one. This is the North American Friends Movie Club. Uh, it's right there in the name of our show. Before Movie Club comes Friends. So I have to ask you two, my friends, how are you doing? Ugh. Oh, no. You go ahead, Kate. <laughs> well, I texted you guys that I had a that I had something I wanted to talk about. I am emotionally tired. I went to a Major League Baseball game between the St. Louis Cardinals being hosted at the Kansas City Royals Stadium, Kauffman Stadium. And I was enjoying the game. And my handsome fiance and I. I <laughs> what? I just- when you said Kaufman Stadium, I said, well, an ally should have named it Sneeze Woman Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. Go, keep going. No, Dude, I literally, I don't know what I was thinking. I knew you were about to say some bullshit, <laughs> but I still took a huge sip of coffee. And I literally had to put my hands in front of the microphone like, oh, no. Spit takes, <laughs> baby. He's back. I, I knew you were about to say some bullshit, too. I don't know what Sneeze I was woman. thinking. Okay, sorry, Kate. What were you saying? No, that's fine. Uh, I was up against a railing that butts up against some fountains that are behind center field so you get like this beautiful view of the whole stadium and we're enjoying ourselves and nick uh walks away to go get some nachos because he is hungry and so then uh someone taps me on the shoulder and says can i get in here and take a picture which is fine because it's like i'm right where it's a good view so whatever so this guy takes a picture of the field and then he's like standing close to me and then he says okay, now a picture of you and me. Mm. And I said, no. I just said, no. And he was like, oh, ha, 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 whatever. He walks away kind of, and then he taps me on the shoulder again. And as I turn around, he has his phone as a selfie, and he's trying to take a picture of me and him mm. as I turn around. And I said, I said no pictures. <laughs> Did you really say that? I think so. Excellent. I was like, I don't want my picture taken. Um, and I like had to move out of the way. Um, and then I was like, in the moment, I don't know, women can relate to this. Like, you're just like, what the fuck is going on? And so like, I play it cool. Like, I don't make a big deal. I'm not feeling like necessarily unsafe. I'm just like incredibly annoyed and confused. So I turn back around and I'm like just breathing and watching the game. And he comes and stands next to me and just stands there, mm. lingers, and then says, I'm sorry I made you uncomfortable, and then left. And I'm like, kind of like not understanding what just happened. And the girl next to me, there was just some woman who was standing next to me also watching the game. She said, did you know him? And I was like, I have never met that man in my life. She was like, oh, I thought maybe you knew him. I was like, no. She was like, that was fucking weird. I was like, thank you. What was he doing? Like, what? And it was within like 90 seconds of Nick walking away. So, and I don't like, was this man trying to hit on me? Like, why are you wanting? And I'm, I think I'm a beautiful woman, but I'm not anything like you don't, I'm not Cindy Crawford. Like, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, there's, <laughs> and keep, it, keep it, keep it current for the, the young guy. <laughs> <laughs> you could have said, no, you're, you're, you're no Sydney sure, Sweeney. Sure. There you go. 
Yeah, there yeah, you go. I she said, hey, she said Bella Hadid. That's, I was impressed. I was like, damn, Kate's pretty cool. Oh, Judy Garland up there. Oh, my God. I need that picture. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Marilyn Monroe. No. Um, but I was just so confused by the interaction. And Nick was like, Nick was irritated and wanted to know what he looked like and all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, Did he eat the nachos? Uh, well, of course. Okay, okay. Like, oh, yeah. he was he was biting down yeah. so hard on those nachos; okay. they were shattering in like a million pieces. No, this is not the first time. I have a long history of being sexually harassed. This is mm-hmm. not the first time. It won't be the last time. This happens to almost every woman I know, and I just don't understand what his game was. Like, is that a move? How old was like, he? He was our age. He had to be in his mid to late thirties. Like I'm imagining like the best, most charitable version of this story that I could think of is an unforgivable social interaction. And that's like an old man who just like doesn't understand the world and is stupid. But now if it's uh, someone our age, that's just fucking weird. Man. And I already said no. Like he asked me to take a picture with him and I said no. And then he tried again. Like, hmm. And so I was trying, you know, this is, I used humor to manage stress. And I was like, Nick, if he would have just said that he listened to the podcast, I would have taken 10 pictures with him. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he thought you were you a celebrity. You would have re- retweeted the picture and been Absolutely. like, so great to meet the fans. Exactly. <laughs> if he would have just said I'm a huge fan, he didn't even have to say anything. I would have been like, oh my God. my the picture, you'd have been pulling your camera out, getting someone else <laughs> exactly. to take the picture for you guys. <laughs> oh, but like, that is not the way. And who are the women he's picking up? If that's his move, like the women you're picking up are going to be a certain kind of lady that are comfortable with a stranger photographing them. I just cannot imagine that ever working ever on even the most wildest lady on earth. And I'm wearing a ring. Like I'm engaged. Like I'm, it's, I'm not, I don't, I don't know. Kate, there's a part of the story that I couldn't help but focus on. And I just need resolution before we move on. Um, you do not live in St. Louis. St. Louis came to Kansas City, correct? Yes. And when you sent me a picture of you and your betrothed, you're both wearing Cardinals gear, correct? Yes. So you are a Kansas City native who does not cheer for the Kansas City team. I am a native of south of St. Louis. And Nick grew up in central Missouri, which is Cardinal land. So we both grew up cardinals fans but we both live in kansas city and that so like i was thinking about that like but there were other cardinals like it all over half the stadium were cardinals fans and so the Mm -hmm. shirt i was wearing so people had asked this is another detail while i was there i had multiple people ask me if they could take a picture of the back of my shirt because the back of my shirt wrote says fans in kaufman stadium must mean the cardinals are in town and so, like, okay. people thought it was funny, and it's kind of rude because yep. it's a it's a mean burn on on the Kansas City fans. So they're saying here's exactly. here's a real team with real so this fans. This guy is wearing a royal shirt, so maybe he took a picture of my the back of me without asking me, and then wanted one of my face. Like, mm. why do you need a picture of my face? Haircut. He didn't. No. <laughs> Brent, how are you? I have, I know we're not good. I have, you got your questions. I have two questions. 
Okay, okay. Yeah, continue the interrogation. Will you tell Nick about Sneeze Woman Stadium? <laughs> I will tell Nick and about Sneeze Woman Stadium. And what did he predominantly use on the nachos? Sour cream, uh, <laughs> nacho cheese, or salsa? So this was the seventh inning when a lot of the food had been closed. So he wanted to get a helmet that had the nachos with all the fixings. But I'd want that too. I'd want that too. And he walked down there and they were closed and he was very bummed because they ended up having to get the clear tray with the shitty nachos with just the thing of orange cheese. No souvenir. No souvenir. No souvenir. You laid into him or telling the story about getting sexually harassed while you hold, hold a helmet full of nachos is <laughs> fucking beautiful. Especially if it had taken him longer to find the helmet. <laughs> yeah, the more that no, I and he was right. I wish I would have known. Like what it turns out, he was actually getting food right behind where I was standing. But I, I thought he, I didn't even look for him. I wish I would have been able to like make eye contact with him or something because I just had to stand there and wait. Oh, nacho cheese, sour cream, or salsa? Just nacho cheese, okay. nothing else. All right, it's not. It's all right, I guess. Yeah, I want all three. I want jalapenos. I want jalapenos on there as well. I don't want sour cream. That can no, not yeah. sour cream. Nah, sure, mix it all up into a. We're not at a Mexican cauldron. restaurant. We're at a fucking ball game. Oh, I'm sorry. He's getting helmets. I'm sorry if that was sour cream is too much to ask <laughs> in his helmet. <laughs> They don't offer it. That's it. You get one option. Do you want nacho cheese or not? That's it. That's that's stupid. That's what Kauffman Stadium. They wouldn't do that at. They wouldn't do it at what's St. Louis's stadium? Bush Stadium. Bush, Bush, Bush Stadium. There you go. Now we're that's inclusive. <laughs> now, there we go. Now we're talking. Going down to the bush. How are you doing, Brent? I'm I'm doing good. Speaking of uh, women, the the. That motherfucker's not real woman on the plane. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm heavily invested in this situation. It's just a lady. Give a breakdown for people who don't know what you're talking about. Well, people should know it's a lady who was uh, a viral video who was filmed on a plane, and she's disrupted the flight, and it's just a frame of her saying, that motherfucker back there is not real. And then she gets taken off the plane. She says the plane's going to go down. Um... And uh, it goes viral. No one finds her for two months. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden she's coming out with apology videos. She's um, saying like all this garbage. And you know, she's like anti-bullying website and all that. This woman's a plant. I don't know who planted her. But she's a plant to distract from something. Mm. Mm. You think this is a psyop? Oh, 1,000%. Mm. That's where I'm at with my recovery from foot surgery now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing trends. She in her apology video, she's like, "I I didn't watch it all, but it was basically like I was mentally ill." No, I didn't watch any of it, but I just. Well, then you're. <laughs> oh my lord! You're not deep in this conspiracy theory. Oh, I'm deep. I watched enough. I saw the first twenty seconds. Just no, to you got to be studying this thing like there's a Pruder film. You got to get in there frame oh, by already, frame. No, the minute that we couldn't find, we no one knew her. Um, I knew this was a plant. This is, and then all of a sudden she comes out. I don't know what's going on in the states, but something there's a plant going on. Um, and she's part of it. Mark my words, you heard it on this episode of North American okay. Friends Movie Club. That sure. I'm calling it right it's now. On the record, yeah, this woman is going to do really good something, and then something bad. It's going to be like a roller coaster effect, just okay. to distract from people. Okay. That's where I... And we're going to get to the bottom of this in our 10-part special Brent's Yarn 
conspiracy show. <laughs> she has she has an ulterior motive for sure. So you think this is going to be a t-shirt business? This is no, that's deeper than that. Oh, but this goes this is, deeper than that. Oh yeah, much deeper. This is why it went viral. It has attractive lady, cute voice, good saying that we can all meme the hell out of. And look, we memed it for two months. Meanwhile, no one can find her. And then all of a sudden, she's creating a Twitter account. Mm-hmm. She was Something's in a up. mental health. She was in a psychiatric facility. Was she really? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll take all this back then. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> if only it was that easy to fix conspiracy theories. Like, imagine. No, okay. It's all, I take it all back. I didn't know. That she was—that's where she was. I'm not a hundred percent, but makes a lot of sense. How are you doing, Nate? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I'm actually. I other than like I was telling you guys before the episode, I had a horrible sleep last night. Couldn't sleep, but uh, can we peel the curtain back a little bit to give the people a little taste of what goes on behind the scenes of this show? Yes, you can peel back any curtain. Okay. Um, just as we re- before we started recording, Nate had to go to a website to find out how old he was, <laughs> and Nate started the show with his catchphrase, this is what it sounds like, and then as he was saying it, uh, me and Kate both yawned, <laughs> <laughs> and we had to start over again, Yeah, and yeah. then Nate called us the pep squad. Yeah. Because <laughs> we are. We're peppy. Um, speaking of having a squad... Do you want to tell us uh, what movie we watched there, Catherine? That was chosen by our squad. Squad choice was The Princess Bride. And who is going to tell us what happened in this movie? I nominate one of you. Ah, uh, okay. Are you ready, Brent? I'm ready. I, I think I can do it. Okay, Brent. All right, so The Princess Bride is a 1987 movie by Rob Reiner, directed by Rob Reiner, um, starring Carrie, Carrie Ells and Robin Wright. Um, it starts off with Fred Savage in bed, sick, and his grandfather, who's Columbo for some reason, comes <laughs> and wants to read him a story. And uh, Fred's a little weary about it. He doesn't want to really read a book while he's sick. But his grandfather says it's a really good story. And it cuts back to whatever time period about a woman who has a farm boy and they secretly fall in love with each other. And then he goes off um, for some reason. I forget why he went off to, to make money for it. To, to make a have money. A dowry. He went out west to the oil sands and <laughs> he ended up getting killed by a pirate. And she was completely heartbroken, just couldn't go on with life. But introduce uh, King Rupert or Humperdinck or something like Prince that. Prince Humperdinck. Prince Humperdinck. He decided that he's going to choose a commoner for his wife and he chose her. She does not want to marry him. But it's a rule that she has to. So in comes um, these three guys and they kidnap her and threaten to kill her to start a war between the two um, areas of wherever they're at. Florian, I think it's called. Gilder and, and Florian. Okay, Gilder and Florian, and um, she escapes due um, to the help from a bandit-looking gentleman who turns out to be her long-lost farm boy husband, Wesley. The Dread Um, Pirate Roberts. 
Yeah, and then so they have to escape, and she ends up getting taken back to her husband or to her husband to be the Prince Humperdinck, and he gets lost again, uh, Wesley, and he has to fight and get her back, and in the end, they fall in love because you can't be true love, and they get back together, and everyone lives happy ever after. The end. Well done. Pretty well good. Done. Good. Try. Proud of you. Uh, well, why don't why don't we talk about our favorite parts of this? Okay. As you wish. I found this movie to be extremely relaxing. I also love how nonviolent all their violence is. Sure. There's so much action, but there's no hardly any blood other than his arm that gets all gnarly. And it's just so easy to watch. Well, me and you have seen this movie before, I think many times for me. I think probably many times for you, right, Kate? But this Correct. Was, this was Brent's first time watching it, so I'm very curious. What did me you too. think of this movie? I have no idea how I missed this as a kid. This was right in my wheelhouse when I was a oh, kid. I was yeah. five when this came out. This would have been—I would have been lost in this world if I had seen this movie, because I liked wrestling. It had Andre the Giant. I would have been—I loved the, the whole. It reminded me of the Mummy with the locations and the, the fantasy of it all. And I just—this never hit my radar when I was a kid at all. So I think some of the magic of it is lost on me because I'm an adult. I'm 41 watching The Princess Bride, and mm-hmm. I assumed it was the movie with um what's her face in it black uh, Anne hathaway uh princess diaries that's what i thought it was <laughs> mm. so i was like oh, you're okay. really hyped for that yeah i was like andre the giant crossed over with Anne hathaway i'm like i don't know okay that would have all that was also a very good movie the princess diaries is very fun and easy I remember, so like the first 15 minutes of this movie to me are the most iconic, which I always remember from being little, which is the tallest cliff on earth Mm -hmm. and Andre the giant, not using his legs one bit, pulling up himself and three other adults using only his arm strength. Mm -hmm. That's pretty strong guy. Unbelievable. And then the Dread Pirate Roberts is also not using his legs to climb up that wall. He's flying. Yeah, he was, he was like grease lightning up that thing. <laughs> there were so many things that were said and done in this movie that I'm like, oh, that's what that meant. Yeah. Because I would hear it my whole life. And um, the In- Inigo Montoya thing, mm-hmm. I heard that for years. And I thought it was the guy from No Country from Old Men. Javier Bardem. My name is Javier Bardem. You killed. I thought he father. said it in that movie, and then when this guy said it, I was like, "Oh, that's what that means." And like, and by my peanut, that I was like, I heard that a lot. Yeah, it's um culturally has had a huge impact for sure. How did I miss it? What was going on in 1987 that I missed all this? Maybe that was my whooping cough era. Mm, that's when they were worried about you. Yeah, and head I was out the window. Head out the window all the time. Yeah, no time for movies. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I don't know how I missed it. I have to ask my my parents. I this is a movie we watched so much. My dad loves this movie, 
and we had the VHS, so we just watched the shit out of this movie. And so, like Kate, I found this extraordinarily relaxing. And it's been a while, a couple of years at least, probably five or ten years since I watched it. So it was, I enjoyed every fucking second of this movie. Every, every It's really good. Everyone is perfect. Like, literally every character is played by the perfect person and it's and sometimes it's obvious like billy crystal and then sometimes it's not so obvious like christopher guest uh uh, and yeah i i wrote down lots of notes because i i found it so damn relaxing first note i have is you shouldn't be putting old people around the sick kids Mm -mm. (laughs) sick kids like they they can they can handle a real virus you put an old person to watch them for a whole afternoon that's a death sentence <laughs> here's the other thing they pulled an opposite of my cousin Vinny, and they sprayed gray on Columbo's hair and beard instead mm. of black like they did with co- my cousin Vinny. they made they made Columbo more grandpa-y yes and speaking of Columbo that's my next note is you you, you can na- never nowadays Get away with a cross-eyed movie star. It's it would be rare. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You just Twitter wouldn't. would not let that slide. No, you just you just physically you could not do a cross-eyed TV star or movie star. You just couldn't do it. There's this scene. So they say that Buttercup's favorite pastimes were riding her horse and tormenting the farm boy. And then, so they don't talk at all, right? And then they have the scene where he's fetching a pitcher. I, Kate, <laughs> yes. That is the most romantic, Kate. sexy. Kate, Kate. I wrote down grabbing pitcher too sexy. <laughs> this is too sexy, man. This I, I can't wrote, believe has it. Has fetching a pitcher ever been sexier? So, like, the pitcher represented her butt. And then he whispers, as you wish. Mm-hmm. Oh. Can I say something about as you wish? Yeah. He tricked her ass. That as you wish thing, that's Pavlonian. Like every time that she associated with as you wish with getting her away. Mm -hmm. So every time she asked for something that benefited her, Mm -hmm. he would say as you wish. So she hears as you wish and thinks something good's going to happen. Like the bell, I'm going to get fed the dogs, right? Mm -hmm. He tricked her ass. So I don't know about him. I don't know about him. As you wish. I was, mean, he knew what spit, he was doing. That's you, spitting game. He, <laughs> oh, he knew what he was doing. Like you don't look at someone like that and say words like that unless you know what you're doing. Yeah, but I'm just like psyop. That that was mental. <laughs> he played her like a fiddle. And they kissed after never having even talked. Mm-hmm. Like ah. Mm-hmm. And then he says, "This is true love. Do you think this happens every day?" Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Golly. And he's chopping wood. You know what he didn't do is take her picture without permission. He never would. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Prince Humperdick is getting a, a night helmet full of nachos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the night helmet full of nachos. Very cheap. Yeah, like you lift up the little the cage part. That's where the nacho cheese is. <laughs> So they show her walking to like Prince Humperdinck is 
presenting uh, Buttercup to all of the commoners. And she walks out. And it, she is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And her dress is one of the most beautiful real princess dresses that mm-hmm. I've seen on film. Mm-hmm. That the blue I'm one? Just, no, it was pink, I feel like. And it was like satin. I don't know. Oh. She's in a lot of nice gowns. Beautiful oh. gowns. Also, why would she stop in the forest for three men? Like, she's riding her mm. horse. And then there's three guys. They're not even blocking her way. They're on the side. She does have a, an internal confidence that's off the charts. Ugh. Like, she didn't hesitate for a second bossing that farm boy around. You know, <laughs> she, she knows not. who she is and what she it wants. The, it was a horse that stopped, really. <laughs> she had no control over it in the grand scheme of things. Those three are immaculate. Perfect. Andre the Giant. Perfect. Wallace Shawn, perfect. Mandy Patinkin, perfect. I couldn't believe that was Mandy Patinkin. After about 15 minutes, I was like, this guy's familiar. Like, I gotta look it up. And mm-hmm. it was like, I was like, wow. It's the mustache and the dark hair. And the youngness. Yeah. And he's and he's glistening in the whole movie. He's got sweat glistening. And you don't see a sweaty Mandy Patinkin in uh, that new show with Claire Danes, whatever it's called. Here's the other thing. He, the characters are so chivalrous, like, mm-hmm. or they're so honorable. Like, mm-hmm. there aren't honorable people. No. I liked when, um, like, everyone he meets, like, uh, Inigo Montoya's is, like, so chivalrous and waits for him and lets him rest. And then Andre the Giant is like, I could throw this rock and kill you, but let's be more sportsmanlike about it. It's like, Ah, what a great world. This is so Uh, fair. I wish it was like this now. He didn't look 7'4". Oh, he did to me. No, he looked tiny in this movie. Compared to Carrie, when they were fighting, his head is literally three sizes of Carrie L's. That's just a big head, though. And his hand, when he, like, shakes, when he picks up a Nino Montoya's, his hand was like... The biggest fucking fingers I've ever seen in my to life. To me, it did. He didn't look physically intimidating. Mm. I, I, I go ahead. This is your devil's advocate because he was one of our biggest boys. <laughs> I mean, his name is Andre the Giant. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. But in this movie, he didn't look like he looked huge. He's no, he didn't though. He did, like <laughs> he, he was. Did. People were standing next to him like he should be towering over these people. Like next to Wallace Shawn, he's like three Wallace oh, Shawns. I'm th- like two and a half Wallace Shawns. <laughs> but I'm talking about like when Andre's standing next to you, like I would just call him Andre. I wouldn't call him the giant. You'd be like, hey, Andre. Hey, Andre, what's up? And I'm like, okay, cool. I have Pretty a question. Yeah. Yes. You guys have to choose between wearing cotton pants or leather pants. Uh, cotton. Because. If you're a swordsman, you wear leather, apparently. And mm-hmm. if you're Andre or Wallace Shawn, wear cotton. Mm-hmm. I, I, I ain't, you ain't catching me in the leather. I'm already sweaty enough. Yeah, I, I for need the amount cotton. of time that I'm fighting with the sword, it's not worth being uncomfortable. Yeah. I need, I need that's cotton. I can maybe do leather boots up to the, like those, th- those like knee high leather boots with the fold at the top. Wouldn't it be like a flex if you just if you were a swordsman and you came out in shorts? Like I'm not even worried. <laughs> I was thinking I'm not about even having worried. tearaway leather pants. Like you would wear it, like you would kind of sew them up 
between wearing mm. them. Mm. And then when you yeah. got to get going, you rip them off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Then I think you're onto something, Kate. <laughs> you're just 300 years behind. That's all. No, longer than that, I would say. Yeah. Did you guys see his beautiful sword? Like his actual sword? Gorgeous. Beautiful. The sword fight is so fun. It's one of the so good. funnest like action sequences because it's cool and interesting. They look like they know what they're doing. And it's also really funny and clever. Like the whole, I know a secret that you don't know bit is, that shit's yeah. great, man. I read that the guy that wrote the screenplay, who wrote the book as well, he researched for months about sword movements and terms and how to actually do it. And then he taught the other two and they practiced rehearsed for months. Well, and the book is so funny. I was telling you guys when we announced that we we're going to do this, that the book is so interesting because the whole concept of the book is that it's like the writer is written by the guy who wrote a bunch of screenplays like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid and uh, all the president's men. Like he won Oscars for writing and shit. And then he writes like a fake version of himself that his dad used to read him this story and he had never read it and he went to read it to his son and as he's reading it he realizes that the book is like this very boring history and his dad just skipped all the boring parts and only told him the good parts so the book is written like him writing the version of the story with only the good parts so there's all these moments during the book where he'll be like and he went on to explain exactly what happens here, but it was super boring. But the basically all you need to know is this guy stabbed that guy and then that was over. And then it gets back to the story. It's like very funny, very meta. And then them using the grandpa to tell the story in this version is such a clever way to t- turn that kind of weird way of writing into a really clever movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like they did that a lot in the 80s because it's also like the never ending story. Yes. Like, I feel like that was in a couple. And then, um, no, not where the baby's stolen and uh, David Bowie's in it. That's not. Labyrinth. Labyrinth. What do you think about the name Humperdink? Hate it. Love it. Too close to Humperdick. That's, yeah. I think that's why it's, it's two of the, the most funniest words, which is hump. That's a funny word for having sex. Mm-hmm. And dink. That's a pretty funny word for a penis. So Humperdink. Do you throw Engelbert in front of that? My God. He must have had some pipes. Is he Canadian? I don't know, actually. I think he is, yes. That sounds like something we would do. It definitely sounds like us. Let's look. Oh, he's British. He's a British singer. That makes more sense. I like when Andre the Giant says, It's not my fault for being the biggest and strongest. Mm -hmm. He's (laughs) Wow. It's like... He was like he was here. Yeah. No, that wasn't my best. I watched... It's like every promo we ever caught in the WWE. Kate, there's no way for us to physically get anywhere close to what Andre the Giant's voice sounds like. Like I, I, I don't even know how to start doing that. I think I can. Give me a sentence to say. Okay, say it's, it's not, not my, my fault. fault. I'm the biggest and strongest. The biggest and strongest. It's not my fault for being <laughs> the biggest and the strongest. No, no base, no base. You need to make your vocal cords four times thicker. Mm-hmm. It's not. <laughs> it's just there's not enough. There's not enough of a chamber. Yeah, I don't have enough there. There's not enough chamber room. 
Uh, Christopher Guest is the best, and I know that because it rhymes. Mm-hmm. Also, you, all the you had that planned all day, didn't you? Oh, yeah, it's one of my notes. Yeah, I'm gonna say, yeah, I know, I got you. And honestly, Kate, excellent argument. I couldn't Thank agree you. with you more. He was very good. Uh, the The prince looked like Mark Ruffalo. He did. Much. Oh, he did look. I didn't realize that. Says right. uh, the really Nadia, distracting. I can't handle male characters like that. Well, all princes are like that. I did, hate snotty dudes. Did you guys know that he was married to Susan Sarandon, and then Susan Sarandon just kept his name? No, I did I, not. I did. I learned that by doing research for this podcast. That's very interesting. Do you know Andre the Giant drank three bottles of cognac, twelve bottles of wine when they would drink? Yeah, well, well have I you seen how big he, he is? He probably could drive. He can't drive. Too big. Too big. Too, couldn't fit in a car. He'd have to get no. a special car. Oh, speaking of, here's a little behind the scenes about this movie. They we used to transport his ass with a big uh, ATV, like four-wheeler. Hell yeah. And he was joking around with Carrie Ells one day, and he said, come on on the come on, on the bike. <laughs> and he got on the bike, and Carrie Ells, they hit a bump, and Carrie Ells' uh, foot got caught in between two things, and he broke his toe. Oh, no. And Carrie was like, oh, that's it. I'm going to get fired from the movie. Rob Ryan's going to get rid of me. But they, they kept him, and they just had to get creative with some of the shots. Mm. So fellow toe survivor, Carrie Ells. Oh, yeah. You guys are foot brothers. Yeah. Foot bros. And there the, was a lot of arm humor in this. Definitely. And limp body humor. Like some, yeah. great, some great limp yeah. body acting by Carrie Elways. A lot of head bonking humor as well. Yeah. Lots of bonking of the head. Uh, another behind the, th- the scene thing. Um, Christopher Guest was nervous about hitting Carrie Ells on the head with the sword when he noticed he had the six fingers. And they, Carrie Ells just said, do it. And they did it and knocked him out. Oh, oh my that's, gosh. That's the shot they used in the movie. So also a, a TBI survivor as well. Same as me. Oh, and oh Carrie Ells. Traumatic brain injuries and broken feet. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, another one, is from Christopher Guest, and he says, Life is pain, my highness. Anyone who disagrees is selling something. And I was like, that's, that's kind of astute, an astute observation. He's Yeah, that brought me down. That was like a bummer. No, uh, his character is so interesting because everybody is like very silly in their evilness. Like even Prince Humperdinck is just like so over the top, like horrible, rich guy. But Christopher Guest's character is the one who is like kind of just creepily, quietly evil. And there's something about that element of this movie that like, oh, it's menacing. No, and you never because you think he's going to be funny because it's Christopher Guest, but he never really is. Not and I once. Think that just ratchets it up. A hundred percent. I think, yeah, I, that was the thing that stood out in watching this movie is just knowing who Christopher Guest was and being older and watching that performance. I'm like, wow, this is. This is an important part of this movie. It wouldn't be the same without him, for sure. And then that also means that the one serious part of the movie that isn't supposed to be funny, where him and Anino Montoya's have their big duel, is actually pretty fucking intense. Like, that is mm-hmm. a pretty intense, dramatic moment in this otherwise pretty silly movie. Absolutely. I liked it. Uh, we haven't talked about the most annoying comedian ever. Um, 
what's his name? Billy. Billy Crystal. Yeah. I yeah, that was that you. Was so you don't like a Billy Crystal. I think he's fine. And Brent. I don't hate him, but I mean, he's funny in this part. But I, in general, I'm not a Billy like. I was always so annoyed by him. He's got this whininess to him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that, yeah. My, I, I feel like this is the perfect part for him, and this is the only thing he's good at. Okay, there. I agree. He, I liked him in this movie, and nothing else he's yeah, ever done. Like being what an about old city Jewish slickers. Guy. Uh, I hated okay, city I like. Slickers. I like that movie, though. I gotta admit, I do. I like that hated movie. it. I will be probably picking. Okay, well, maybe I won't now that Kate said no, she hated. No, you pick it. Maybe I'll, I'll feel differently. I like to revisit. That's. I think the, it's his hairline always threw me off. It's the. Um, it's got a Jerry Seinfeld thing to me. Mm-hmm. It's the. It's the voice doesn't feel real to me. That's the issue. Is like when he's being a silly old wizard with that. New York Jewish guy accent. I'm like, okay. But most of the time I feel like that's just people like hamming it up, doing impressions of their uncles. And I don't care for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just Google if he was Jewish and I was making sure he, he better was, be. He yeah, fucking better he be. Was, that was very Jewish. Yeah. He fucking better be. <laughs> well, it reminds me of, um, who's, uh, the Schwartz baseball. I was guy. Kate, Kate, Brooks, Kate. Yeah. Melbourne. We are so into because the really thing because the thing I was thinking was the only other person who could do this would be Mel Brooks. When I was watching, yeah, you guys should have your own show. Yeah, maybe we should. Show and sing. I should just go fuck myself <laughs> yeah. and do a conspiracy theory podcast for forty five minutes once a week. I'll put it. I'll listen to it, but I'll put it on fast forward. So I'll listen to it. Two X. Two X. Two X. Yeah. 2X. <laughs> you hear me doing the Andre the Giant impression again. Uh, <laughs> no, it sounds normal because it's fast. It just sounds like you talking. Uh, Queen Buttercup is a horse, fucking racehorse ass sound of the name. Sure. Queen Buttercup. Princess Buttercup is different. Princess Buttercup sounds like a um, Twitch streamer that wears really low cut shirts. Yep. The excellent call. Excellent. Thank you. And true. Yep. Queen- Twitch streamers. Wear low cut shirts. If you want to get some money, yeah. Oh, oh the women? I thought you were talking about the men. No. No, yeah, that's a whole thing. That's like yeah, that's a thing. They're not they got a lot of flack from incels. Mm. <laughs> Your buddies. Ugh. No, not my buddies. <laughs> not my buddies. I was just playing podcasts. I was just podcast one on one. You gotta play devil's advocate yep. a little bit. Yeah. We need this. That's why you're here. I also want to make a point that when uh, Prince Buttercup declares that she's about to go kill herself, the old man is like, totes yes. chill about it. Yeah. Because he, he, oh, that's nice. And that I wrote, that's what kind men do. They don't care if you kill yourself. Well, he's old. He's, well, he, what's he care? He's old. He's, he's got to stay alive himself. He, no, because in that scene, she gives him a kiss on the cheek and he's so happy that he got a kiss on the cheek that that's all he's thinking about. He doesn't even hear the next thing she says. Cause when he walks away, he, he says, she kissed me. Yeah. He's just, just a horny old just guy. A, he, just a, a man who never got a kiss from a beautiful young princess. Also another good part of this film is when, uh, 
Carrie just insults them enough that the prince sits down mm-hmm. and ra- and he like that is like the high that's a fantasy I have that like I could defeat Trump just by talking to oh. him and he would be like Kate and he would cry and he'd just like go walk out into the fucking ocean. You know what? Imagine the power if you could just insult someone into not killing you. <sighs> I wrote down nipple cups. How'd you guys feel about the nipple cups? Oh, when they're doing the water thing where they mm-hmm. take you. Yeah. That's a excellent art direction. Someone was like, what should we do? And someone was like, let's get some cups on those nipples. That's how you know this is a torture device. Oh. Ultimately, though, he was kind of smart inventing that. That takes a year off of your life. No way to prove that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he just looked like I created this death machine. Yeah. In forty years, yeah. Who's going to be asked another year? Yeah, it's not going like, to be his problem. It's he's going to be dead. Yeah. So that was very smart. Yeah. Also, I just loved that machine. That like as a child, like anything that works by a bunch of gears and cogs spinning together, and mm-hmm. that's right Jared, up my alley. I'm a big cog guy. I'm a huge cog guy. I'm a huge cog guy. Yeah. Cog bros. I mean, cog bros. Cog bros. That sounds a lot like cog bros. Too, <laughs> yeah. It's hard to say, like, I find myself trying very hard to enunciate right now when I say cog bros. Yeah, it, cog, it gets... Cog, cog bros. See, cog if I get too, if I start talking fast and excited about things, I'm going to say cog bros yeah, for sure. <laughs> so we can't, we're, we're just we're fans of the cog. No, that's even worse. Um, yeah, we're just going to leave that one alone. You guys got any more uh, notes? The uh, the only thing I wrote down le- that I have left is like there's this very famous like Aaron Sorkin thing where people are doing walk and talks in yep. the Oval Office and they're walking around telling each other exposition. And this one, this is way before that, and it's the best one I've ever seen when they're walking through the fire swamp, and they mm-hmm. th- they use that moment for him to tell the entire story of what happened to him when he left. But they're also like dodging fire and like cutting vines and falling so in quicksand. Good. I'm like, this is genius. This is so yeah. fucking smart. This is the such a good movie. Best walk and talk I've ever seen. So that's my last note. Why don't we, Kate? You wrote a quiz this week, didn't you? I did. I'm excited. Let's do the Kate Princess Bride quiz. I hope I do well. I hope you do too. Thank you. I don't for you guys. (laughs) First question. What game is he playing in the opening scene? The options are hardball, bases loaded, Earl Weaver baseball, baseball stars. I'm so proud of you for this question. This is diabolical. and I I need to hear the answers again because I was literally... Just thinking in my head, wow, what a great question. I didn't didn't clock any of it. What video game is he playing in the opening scene? Hardball, bases loaded, Earl Weaver baseball, baseball stars. Who goes first? We'll let Brent go first. Uh, Can I give you a hint? No. B. Okay. Uh, I was going to go bases loaded too, so I'm just going to stick with Brent. You're both saying bases loaded? Mm-hmm. Yep. The answer is hardball. Oh, that was the one. That was my that was my 50-50. Fuck, that was my 50-50 too. 
those are all video games uh, from the 80s that are baseball games. And like video baseball games from the 80s. What a way to start a movie for Nate. A baseball video game? First scene? I love baseball. I love video games. Here we I go. Have, as soon as you said base is loaded, I threw my brain off because I remember I used to play base is loaded with my dad all the time. And I feel like this really happened. For some reason, like after months and months of playing it, I beamed him or beamed him with the ball when he was at bat, and then the player charged the mound. And we were like both like, what? Is this happens? <laughs> and uh, so I don't think I made I don't know if that's a fever dream or the whooping cough talking. That's a psyop. Yeah. Um yeah, okay. Good 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 question. Okay. Number two. How old was Mandy Patinkin when he filmed The Princess Bride? Mm. 25, 30, 35, 40. Nate goes first. To me, he looks like a Mm. I was going to say 35, but 30, 40 is a movie star 35, so I'm going 40. What was the youngest? 25? Yeah, no, I'm going to go 35. He's heating up! Brent's on the board. The answer's oh, 35. Talked himself out of it. Question number three What is the dictionary definition of inconceivable? I'm going to read three different phrases. Which one is from the dictionary? A, not compatible of being imagined or grasped mentally. B, inability to think or conceive. C, impossible, out of the, out of the question, unimaginable, unthinkable. Um, I'm going to choose the third option, um, Pat. I will choose the first option, Pat. This is annihilated. Wow. It's a tie game. Nate's on the board. The answer was A. Not compatible, not capable of being imagined or grasped mentally. Unbelievable. Can't conceive of it. That was wordy. That was wordy. That's how I knew I was on the right track. Tie game. Tie game. Question number four. Who wrote The Princess Bride? S. Morgenstern? Waverly Chester? Richard Spencer Porter? William Goldman. Okay, this is a trick question, Kate. No, it's not. The book is written by William Goldman. Oh, I'm very close to like throwing the flag on the play here. Wait, what are who's answering? I answered. Did you not hear me? What did no. Brent say? I didn't say anything. Oh, I said it's William Goldman wrote the book. Okay. Oh, okay. I, I'm saying. Did you think I was googling? That? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you said it as like as the voice that's sent like when you're typing something in, like who wrote the Princess Bride? Um, that's what it sounded like. So I get the answer is William Goldman. It's correct, but I did try to make it sneaky. S. Morgenstern is his fake pen name. Okay, so question number five: Why is the Princess Bride kidnapped? To be used as bait to capture the dread pirate Roberts? Prince Humperdinck wants to steal the princess from his rival? To start a war between Gilder and Florin? For ransom. For the ransom. C. Yes, it's to start a war between the nations of Gilder and Florin. Correct. You are both correct. 
It's a tie game. Okay. Oh, boy. Okay, neck and neck. And now it's Nate's turn to answer first. The question is number six. What is an MLT? Mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich. Mackerel, leeks, and tomato sandwich. Mushroom, lettuce, and trout sandwich. Mayo, lamb, and turnip sandwich. These are gr- these all sound delicious, by the way. Um, they all sound terrible. <laughs> I'm going to go mutton, lettuce, and tomato. I'm also going to go with mutton, lettuce, and tomato. It's a tie game still! You both are correct. Ooh. Mutton, lettuce, and tomato. All right, question number seven. There's ten questions. Oh, wow, Kate. I like a ten-question quiz. I'm proud of you. I can only usually ever come up with like six or seven. Number seven. Which actor wrote a book about their experiences on The Princess Bride? Mandy Patinkin? Carrie Ellis? How do you say his last name? I thought it was Elways, but I might be totally wrong. I've just been saying that in my head for years, so I have no idea. Mandy Patinkin, Carrie Ellis, Rob Reiner, Robin Wright. Ugh, I'm going to go Carrie L's. I am also going to say Carrie L's. You both are on fire. Yeah. yeah. When we tie right. like this, I don't I don't have to insert so many sound effects. So this is I'm winning twice right now. This is Carrie L's wrote about how funny Billy Crystal was in that role. But it was a family-friendly movie, so they couldn't use any of the real footage, all the dirty stuff he said. And he he um he made Manny Patinkin laugh so hard, Manny Patinkin pulled a rib or something. I like did that. hear that on a behind-the-scenes documentary I watched. Mm-hmm. Okay, number eight. Which rock singer, guitarist, songwriter wrote the score for The Princess Bride? Susanna Huffs, Mark Knopfler, Sting. Dave Gannon. Mark Knopfler. I'm also going to say Mark Knopfler. Gosh, I should have made this harder. You both are correct. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because I got some things to say about that during the music section. That's why I know. We're going on to number 10. Which year did Robin Wright not play the character Lieutenant Antiope? Antiope. Antiope. In which year did Robin Wright not play the character Lieutenant Antiope? You have three choices. 2016, 2017, 2020. Mm, 2020. That's, that's the COVID times. It would make the most sense. Um, yeah, I'm going to say the same. Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. It's still tied because you're both incorrect. Ooh, Kate's on the ball, too. 2016. I have two now. Thank you. Yes, that's what I'm um, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so she plays that character in both both Wonder Women films and in the Justice League. I was the Wonder Woman movie. She was the lieutenant. Yes, Lieutenant Antiope. I never would have known. Yeah, me neither. All right, final question. True or false? The Princess Bride is a sexist film. Damn. 
for all the marbles. Oh, I know. This is fucking horrible. Um, is it a sexist film? And it's your turn, Nate? Okay, okay. I have to talk this through. The world of the Princess Bride is sexist. This fake fairy tale world is a sexist world where the lady is a damsel in distress and all the men have to have to save her. Uh, but is the movie sexist? Uh, I think we got to play it safe due to history. It's a yes, the movie is sexist. No, it's not sexist. This is annihilated. Wow. Whoa! No! This movie is obviously sexist. <laughs> <and> the quiz. <laughs> it's not, though. <laughs> How? Nate was right. It, the world is sexist. The movie is not. It's about true love. And Carol Canning was the she was the real hero. She got Billy Crystal to get that fella back alive. That's not sexy. But he does that's call. Show, he he does say his wife's a witch, and she goes, "I'm she not is a sometimes. witch. I'm, I'm your wife." You could not get any more witch like than her. <laughs> she looked exactly like a witch, sound like a witch, but she was a girl boss. That's what we're talking about nowadays: girl bosses. <laughs> and she was. No, I mean, think about it. You've got two, only two female characters. One of them, Buttercup, has no kind of, there's, as much as I love her, there's no transformation in her character. It's very one note. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the only other female, you're right, is this like ogre witch woman who, all the other characters are male. All the action, all the dynamics, all the character development has to do with male characters. Like, it's obviously a sexist film. Also, uh, Buttercup does nothing to help herself. She's just waiting for this man to rescue her. Oh, so I suppose that big rat that was going to kill Carrie Ells did get hit in the head with the log by her. She didn't do much, though. She had a long time to help out, and she was kind of just standing there watching. I got to be. She <laughs> was getting honest. eaten. Her dress was getting eaten by the rat, and she hit him with a log. Saving one, both of one their log lives. swing. Girl boss. <laughs> Hashtag girl boss. All around the world. Da, da, what's that song by Spice Girls? People of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spice up your life. That's that's should have been <laughs> playing the whole time. That's <laughs> not the song. That's funny though. <laughs> what is it then? I don't know what you're all the single ladies. All <laughs> okay, the single ladies. Safe. All the single ladies. That's what should have been playing. Or uh, Megan Trainer, I'm all about the sure. bass, about the bass. They're girl boss, girl boss songs. Uh, Sorry, uh, Olivia Rodrigo songs. That uh, feels good to win. Feels good. Feels great. Congratulations. Why don't we hand out some gold medals? Ooh. Ooh. Can we give Shall silver we... and bronze too? Yes, we can. People of the world! Give out some medals. Every boy and every girl! Give out some medals. Aww. Is this quite... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. You guys get it. Uh, spice up your life. That's what it is, though, isn't it? Nice, right? We're doing bronze? I gave my bronze medal to Christopher Guest. I think uh, 
when I was younger, I never would have even ranked him in the top eight or 10 of this movie. But as an adult, I think he's a very special ingredient. And so I got to give his creepy little weird guy performance by bronze medal. I'm going to give my bronze medal to Robin Wright, who, even though her character was very one note, I believed mm-hmm. her. They were, as, yes. as a simp cuck. <laughs> yes. Okay. My bronze is going also to Christopher Guest. Nate makes a good point. When you were younger watching this movie, you probably wouldn't have got how good he was. But as an adult man at the age of 41, he was a very interesting character. Yeah, he's weird and creepy and great. Uh, and I feel like he really pulled the world over people's eyes with the, the death machine. Yeah, that's a scam. It, it, yeah. That thing takes two weeks max. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I gave my silver to Wallace Shawn. I think uh, this the they originally were going to give it to Danny DeVito, who would have done a great job. Hmm. He would have been great. To him and Andre the Giant would have looked like father and son. You know what I'm saying? Not in this movie. So, but I think Wallace Shawn added something that Danny DeVito couldn't have brought to it, which is a true like um, despicableness. Like Danny DeVito's still too, like you still are rooting for him even when he's being a bad guy. But Wallace Shawn just in this is just like the worst. He's such a little know-it-all motherfucker and he nails it. I'm going to give my silver to uh, Christopher Guest. So I'm bumping him up a little bit. You like to move convinced me. Um, my silver is going to... Uh... Oh, Mandy Patinkin. Mandy Panks. Tinker. The Tinker. He got <laughs> the Tinker. I didn't know it was him. And he was very good. Um, Man I didn't Pat. Like, he's a little problematic. I'm sure that he's playing a Spanish guy. Mm-hmm. But whatever. It's, that's what we do. Um, he was very good. And I liked his character. And he was quite handsome. Yeah, he seems like a very intense individual. Like everybody else is kind of like funny comedian guys like even carrie always is like seems pretty chill but manny patinkin seems pretty fucking intense yeah he wanted that role when he read the script he wanted the the that character so bad because he lost his father Mm. young as well and he kind of felt like he could uh get his father back in a way if he got this character yeah that's pretty intense yes that's why you get the (laughs) you get the, the 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 old uh someday he's like i'm gonna get a a silver medal on a podcast. That's right. And he did it. <laughs> and he did it. This goes out to you, Tinker. Tinky. Uh, I give my gold medal to the most memorable performance, most perfect performance, and the star of the show, Andre the Giant. RIP <gasps> to the big man. One of the biggest boys we've ever produced. Loved every second of him as a child and as an adult. Still the same feeling. I love this big sausage-handed man. Me too. I also am giving mine to Andre the Giant because he deserves it. He pro- he went through his life suffering, mm-hmm. and he really brought a je ne sais quoi to this role. Yeah, they said um, when they hired him, they were worried that because he has a French accent, they were like, I don't know if he's going to be able to do the talking parts, but he's a giant, so he'll be able to do all the heavy lifting. Giant parts. But his back was so fucked up from wrestling that he literally, he couldn't even hold 
Robin Wright. They had to put her on like cables because he couldn't even hold a hundred pounds, but so he couldn't do the giant stuff, but he was the funniest, most charming of the talking stuff. Absolutely. He died when he was 46 years old. He's too big for for a man to be. Who'd you give your gold to Brent? Oh, it goes to Andre the Giant. Oh, that's a three. That's a turkey for Andre. The Hydra comes over. Yeah, um, he is the sad <laughs> clown of the world, and um, I always sympathize with those characters. And he would order four appetizers and five entrees when he goes to eat. So I mean, <laughs> that's. I love how you just have all these little Andre the Giant facts. Yeah, that's that's as soon as I read that, I was like, damn, gold medal material. Yeah, that's right a there. gold medal right there. Yeah. Yeah. So Andre the Giant. I'm going to ask my daughter. She goes to the French immersion school if they talk about Andre the Giant. I hope so. I hope France I hope is so very too. proud of him. He put them on the I map, so in my too. opinion. He was born and died in France. So he's a real Frenchman. Yep. That's why they have the wine. You know how much wine oh. you like to drink. He has a child. How big are they? It's a lot of pressure for that yeah. kid. Imagine you were like my size. Yes. Exactly. Sorry, Dad. Wallace Shawn. <laughs> he, he's been unofficially crowned the greatest drunk on earth for once consuming 119 12-ounce beers. What a man. Yeah. What a tank. 11 gallons of beer Absolute in six hours. Tank. <laughs> That's, That's crazy. crazy. That's, it would be tough for me to drink that much beer in a month. I am not over-exaggerating. <laughs> like, That's like, oh. Yeah, I have, I could go on and on about Onto the Giants stories that I, I, I know. Love it. Yeah. Um, we're going to give this movie some ratings. Yeah, let's rate it up. I mean, this is a this my I'm going to rate this very high all over the place. So, I'm giving the script a 10 because the dialogue doesn't miss a beat Mm -mm. it is hot throughout Mm -hmm. when he's like (laughs) when they're on the boat and they see the other boat and then wallace sean is like it's probably just a fisherman out for a pleasure cruise at night in eel infested waters like that's (laughs) like a good shit um yeah it's it's a 10 yeah i gotta say fantasy like that that's not too far-fetched and it's uh it finds a way to be both like kind of a satire of fairy tales, but then also just totally lean into what's comforting about them. It's funny and charming, clever. And also people should read the book. That's I'll almost never say that. I, I wouldn't say that about science of the lambs, but I will say that about this movie. <laughs> the music for this film. I have, I'm going to save my opinions for last because I have some things to say. I loved the score to this. I thought it was used uh, the way a score should be used. And although there are no bangers, I'm glad there are no bangers. So I'm giving it a 10. 
Well, you can't really throw bangers in this. But like I said, I'm a Peaky Blinder fan because they use modern music. So you throw some 80s music into that. I think it could have worked. Um, I'm going to give it. It's very. It was very whimsical and fairy tale like. So I'm going to give it an eight. Not enough loots. What did you give it, Kate? <laughs> I gave it a ten. Okay. I so I hate synthesizers. I truly hate them. And there was a period in the '80s when everybody was like, "Oh, we don't have to do good music anymore. We'll just get one guy with a synthesizer." And I fucking hate it. Rush. Don't you even dare. We're not getting distracted on this right now. We were all yawning earlier. I'm not. We'll save this for another time. <laughs> uh, that being said, the music is so perfect for this style of film where it like complements the moments so much. Like when uh, Nino Montoya's is like slamming his body against the door. The music is like, mm-hmm. dun, dun, dun. it's like very like. I don't know. It just hits the right spot. So I would have given it a 10 despite the synthesizer. But then the credits start playing. And the worst credit song we've ever had on this show, including the R. Kelly credit song from Life, starts playing by Mark Knopfler. It is wild how bad this song is. That docks it two full points. It's an eight. I'm giving it an eight. Oh, wow. Surprising. It's a that's a bold statement to say it's worse than that R. Kelly song. I'm going to play one specific part of this song, and I feel like everybody listening is going to feel differently about what they just heard. My love is like a storybook story, but it's as real as the feelings I feel. My love is like a storybook story It's as real as the feelings I feel It's as real as the feelings I feel The art direction of this movie. What did you guys think of the costumes, the sets, the props? I mean, <laughs> did you see the scary thing in the swamp? Yeah. And all of the pit of despair i mean the makeup the cogs the, the cogs <laughs> the water boys her beautiful dress i'm giving it a 10 i gotta agree kate i gotta give it a 10 uh yeah i'm gonna give it a 10 too it's but i i had a, i had a little thought um during when he was prince humperdinck was uh addressing the commoners above and they're all dressed up and all out. I'm like, ah, it's, it's a lot of costumes for like, you know, like what happens to the costumes after the movie? And then I'm thinking like they should, <laughs> this is bad, but they should give them to third world countries like they do with like the jersey or the hats and the jerseys of the team that doesn't win the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. No, they put them, Imagine that? they put them all into a giant warehouse so that they can reuse them in every time it's time to go to a castle place in the movie. So they got probably have to wash yeah. them and stuff. Yeah, they got to wash okay. them for sure. That makes more sense. Once you I stick guess. a few extras in there, oh yeah, you got to wash those yeah. things. <laughs> yeah. All right, it makes better sense. It's an American fantasy adventure comedy film. As an American fantasy adventure comedy film, what would you give this movie? I give it the highest rating for an American adventure comedy film. I'm giving it a 10. 
Um, I'm also going to give it a actually a nine because I really dislike Carrie Ells in this movie. Oh, <gasps> couldn't disagree more. Really? His face, his mustache, and his voice. No, he's so his pretty. mustache was a little crooked, I feel like. It's it part of his swashbuckling charm. But uh, yeah, I got to agree with Kate. This is a 10. It's got fantasy. It's got adventure. It's got comedy. It was filmed in America. That's a 10 out of 10 right there. Perfect. <gasps> The theme of this month, as Kate yawns. I'm sorry. <laughs> how relaxing was not only this movie, but recording the podcast about it. I am giving it a 10. You felt relaxed. This is like this is like eating a meal that your mom made weekly while you were growing up. This is so easy to digest. There's nothing easier. I got it. I'm with you, Kate. I watched it very late last night. I started it at like one in the morning, and well, no wonder you couldn't sleep. No, but still, I mean, you got so excited. It, this movie got me so excited. I wanted to started googling swords, masks, <laughs> S words. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was just like every second of it. I was like charmed, relaxed, loved it. Ten. Only one, there's only um, one guy left. I know. I want to. Here's my problem with it. I got robbed as a child from this. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have the same nostalgia for me. Sure. I give it an eight. I feel like that's a, that's a very high score. It doesn't. And you felt eight relaxed. That's probably more relaxed than you gave Kingpin. For sure. Yeah, it, oh, for sure. It's just, I really, I don't want to harp on Carrie Ells, but I really think that could have been a better role for someone Who else. would you have, let, let's hear your fantasy casting. Who would you have stuck in there in 1987? Uh, probably. Uh, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Eddie Murphy. <no. laughs> um, uh, the guy that played, no, that's stupid. Dan Aykroyd. I'd have to think. I'd have to think. Let me give me, you continue while I Google eighties guys. Well, I will. I will continue by telling you the total score in this movie got, which is a forty-seven point nine, very high score. Damn. Very high score, including you know I talked the music. Again. I, yeah, our aunt, Yeah, audience picks go over real well for. That's even higher than Spaceballs. Wow, really? You know what? I like this movie more than I like Spaceballs. I do. I'd rather watch it's this It's the one. second highest movie we've done. It's highest Silence it of the Lambs? Silence of the Lambs, then Princess Bride, then Step Brothers, then Spaceballs. We're wild. We're wild. We, we, I love the movies that we love. <laughs> That's quite the... <laughs> oh, oh, I keep missing. I'm sorry. It is actually Silence of the Lambs. Then Roger Rabbit, mm. then The Princess Bride. Forgot about that perfect movie, Roger Rabbit. Judd Nelson or Andrew McCarthy? Okay. Not Andrew McCartney. He's too fucking simp cucky. Oh, well, he would have fit right in with uh, <laughs> Buttercup Face. I don't even know who this guy boss. is. He was in Weekend at Bernie's. He, yeah, he's part of the Breakfast Crew, but not in that movie. Mm, but like, like that, a, they were all doing the they were all doing cocaine together. Is what you're saying? What's yeah. the movie that uh, Demi Moore was in in the 80s? And 
Andrew McCartney and the big chill. No, it wasn't the big, was it the pretty big chill? Pretty in pink he's in. Mannequin, Weekend at Bernie, St. Elmo's Fire. That's it, St. Elmo's Fire. Mannequin was good. Mannequin I was have good. never seen literally any of these movies. <laughs> Interesting. This is like, yeah, just this is just before I was born or right when I was just born. So they were out, probably out of rotation by the time I was like old enough to watch this kind of movie. You would have done better than Carrie Ells. Well, there's one more part that we have to do at the end of the month, and that's to pass along the torch to a new month and a new leader. And I'm pretty sure it's Kate's turn to pick. September is here. September has arrived. Mm -hmm. September has arrived. And so what letter does September start? Oh, I know, I know, I know. But you go first, Brent. S. S. That's right, boys. Good job. And so there is a genre of film that also starts with S that we are going to delve into this month. Sex. And that. Sexy. <laughs> close. Close. Suspense. Oh, and you know what? When you said close, but then waited a second, I was in suspense waiting <laughs> to hear what you were going to say. Nice. Nice. We're going to. Suspenseful September. Oh, September is for suspense. I love it. Well, you got to pick the first movie, oh, ma'am. <laughs> you got to tell us what you're far. really you're really milking the suspense thing right now. No, leave no. it in and double it. <laughs> it's got to stay. Yeah. We're going to watch a modern classic, the film Get Out. Oh, okay. Okay. I haven't watched this since the first time I watched it a long ass time ago. This will be great. Brent, have Get you ever out. seen it? Jordan Poole movie? Heel? <laughs> Jordan <laughs> Poole's a basketball player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I love Jordan Peele movies. And I don't know if I saw Get Out. Oh. <gasps> Is this. Oh, yeah. I, I This is. He's with the white girl. Yeah. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was that Andre the Giant? You finally did That it. was more Andre the Giant. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm looking forward great. to watching this again. Suspense. September's for suspense. And we're going to start out with Get Out. So modern classic is right. It, it does say that it's horror slash thriller, but it's also suspense. Yeah, I think suspense is in the heart and we all get to define what suspense means for ourselves like that that's why i'll be choosing mighty ducks pretty suspenseful at the end what's yeah gonna you don't know what's gonna happen <laughs> yes, is he gonna score it, it, will it happen triple I do d remember being very anxious while watching that film yeah me too the mighty ducks yeah. <laughs> are yes. you serious yes i watched it in the theater twice when it first came out because i loved it so much and i remember we started quacking in the theater because we were so excited Damn, what a fucking loser shit. That's like, that. no, man, that's like exactly, that's the best case scenario for that movie. When they were writing it, they never even dreamed it could go over that well. Get out it is. <laughs> that means there's only one thing left to do, and that's say goodnight, Kate. Good night, Kate. Good night, Kate. Wow, look at this, mean family. Don't come back all bougie. Call me Dean and you're hungry, my man. So how long has this been going on, this thing? <laughs> Something is weird. It's the people. 
They treat us like family. Chris, you gotta get out of there right now. No. No. You've been chosen. Not today. Get out. Hey, Dad. I've got some science here for you.